medical department, only two go to the bench, and we are more than a dozen. We don't train, we only recover. That's a, that's a situation. Preparation, hard work, confidence in overcoming those difficult moments. Today we're still outside Liverpool and we are going to the first part of the medical test. Welcome to this Football Medicine and Performance podcast. I am Andrew Shafiq, a senior editor at the FMPA and your host for today's podcast. Today I am delighted to be joined by Martin Boucher. With over two decades of experience in professional sports across PSG, Olympic de Lyon, Lille Aspire Academy and consultancies including City Football Group, Martin is committed to performance and medical excellence. He works full-time or freelance collaborating with top European clubs bridging the gap between sports science knowledge and practical application. Martin is an author of more than 250 scientific papers and two best-selling books, and he mentors practitioners and speaks on high performance, leadership, and EGO management for various organizations. Welcome to the podcast, Martin. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for the invitation, and uh, yeah, looking forward to for the, for the chat. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you on board. And I think the, the introductions touched on some of your many experiences there. But just to start off, do you mind just telling our listeners a bit about your background based on that introduction? Mm. Yes. Um, I mean, my background is the, the, the typical journey that probably most of the practitioners like us have had. You know, we've been uh, playing ourselves or I've been playing never good enough to make it uh, the professional. So I'm a, I'm a failed, I'm a, I'm a semi-pro who turned into more um, a conditioning sports science um, kind of practitioner as a way to keep my my hands and my feet in the, in the in the elite sports and through the years and the experience um, I developed more into more a performance uh, manager um, and again with the years and the responsibilities getting into more the, the medical world as well so I really feel as a, some, someone that has a, as a central both role and experience uh, with multidisciplinary teams. And that's why I think, uh, again, the, the topic of the discussion today is really well fitted to not only the sports science, the performance world from where I come from, but also medical, physios, nutrition. And again, multi, multidisciplinary team, multidisciplinary work, that's really what I'm passionate about at the, at the moment. That's brilliant. And I mean, you've touched there today on on the topic, which is redefining performance staff assessment in elite sports organizations. And I think off camera, we were chatting a little bit about, we, you know, there's a lot of focus on athletes sometimes, but, you know, we, there's less at times a consideration of the, the team behind that. Do you mind kind of telling us a little bit about, you know, the, the key performance indicators and why they're vital uh, in the world of elite sports? And I suppose how they maybe differ from a traditional corporate setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, as you said, um, you talk about the athletes, and I think now it's also important to discuss about staff. And also, if we now start to discuss about KPIs for staffs and department, we have to really move away from thinking about evaluating it, evaluating athletes, evaluating what they do on the pitch, and so on. So it's really about having uh, a reflection, an assessment of what we do as practitioners and what we offer. And um, of course, you know, when we talk about KPIs for in a corporate world, they are pretty straightforward. Uh, a guy who is actually selling uh, cars or softwares 
his KPIs are likely to be around the number of sales he makes, the numbers he makes, and, and the money and so on. Because at the end, what the company wants is to make money as well. If we think about football, um, I think the ultimate goal of company, which is a football club or a federation, is also to make money. But also, it's firstly probably likely winning games. The difficulty in our case is to link uh, the actual work and the job that we are doing, again, as professional, and how does link to the ultimate goal, which is winning games. And we all know too well that as, as a physio, as a conditioning coach, we can do a great job and that might not translate into winning games. And the opposite happens as well. You know, you may have the clubs and department, which is a little bit of a chaos. You cannot say that everyone is doing exactly what they should be doing, but teams in winning over the weekend, you know. So there's definitely a, a biggest challenge to link or at least to find a way to connect the work that is done behind the behind the, the walls from those practitioners and the actual results on the pitch, on the short term, but also on the long term and where those organizations and how those organizations develops over time. So KPIs for staff, KPIs for department, they are very important. And I'm going to get into that if you, if you want as well more in detail. But for sure, it's way harder than in the corporate world because the link are not as direct. There's not a cause to effect as it could be in the corporate world. That's brilliant. And you've mentioned that we'll discuss in a bit more detail, and I think this would be a good opportunity to to do so. So could do you mind sharing some kind of key takeaways from your recent study on staff performance evaluation in elite sports? So I suppose what would be important for our listeners are kind of the, the, the key findings. Yeah, but maybe just ahead, just to give you a bit more uh, also background from the need, both where we run this, this study, but also I run the study because I had to, you know, you, you can't do everything just based on your own and your experience. So it was just more, a, more to, a way to get more feedbacks and experience and vision from peers. But again, if I get talk a little bit of, of my story, you know, whether you mentioned PSG, you mentioned uh, Olympique de Lyon, Lille, in all those clubs, there was a change in either the high management, whether it will be sporting director, CEO, or head coach, every single year. So there would be not a year that will be that will look like the previous, just based on management and expectation at the highest level. So you know it's a bit like uh, you're driving your car. You know you can drive your car if it's your car. You're used to your car. Maybe you can almost uh, over, overlook the, the dashboard because you know you have to fill the tank every month because you know what more or less the number of kilometers you do and so on, the speed, you know, because you manage. But now, if suddenly your 18 uh, years old son is actually driving the car as well during the weekend, then you're screwed because you don't know how much kilometers is done. You don't know. Then you don't know how to, when to fill the tank. You don't know about, you know, it, and then the, the chaos starts to, to, to arrive, to, to occur. And again, back in my experience in those clubs, the fact that there were so many changes at the management level, then people don't know actually who's doing well his job or not, who's doing the right thing, who's doing the wrong. Oh, there's an injury crisis. But hold on, is it really an injury crisis? First, you know, what about the number of injury we had last year, two years ago, three years ago? What about the injury rate in other clubs and so on? And this is when you start to need to put yourself in the situation where you can be accountable and use objective measures of the work done, not only to save your jobs when people are coming, but also to make sure that the people you work you work with are also doing the, the good job and you can also help them 
to to put them in on the right track if they're not or just to support them to develop them if they need to improve their games and so on so it's really about the bring to bring this objectivity into to understand what practitioners were actually really looking for in their in the way they were assessing a good versus a not as good practitioner how they were able to say okay as a department we're doing the things right or no we should improve so back to your initial question what are the main findings and again trying to restrict that to our world practitioner performance medical of course one of the most obvious objective measure of our job comes pretty quickly on the top of the list, player availability. But as you will see, it's not the first for many reasons. Of course, we understand that, again, if we try to link KPIs, things that we can measure at our level and link that to game and match performance, I think match availability for player makes makes sense because of course you know we allow more players to be ready for the match we allow the coach to draw from a better a bigger squad that makes complete sense but the problem i would say with playability is that it's a share kpi it's a share of the kpi it's not only on us as 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 practitioners because we know player health and um, and again an injury risk is not only what the doctor, the physio, and the conditioning coach are doing. You know, the coaches have a big responsibility and the players themselves as well, you know? So you have those important KPIs that can be measured, um, but are shared. And also there are other KPIs that we probably can own almost at 100% as practitioner, which will be the communication lines and channels we have between us, how we communicate within the multidisciplinary team, but also how we communicate with the coaches and the other stakeholders. So this is more on us, again, at the department level. And then you have all the KPIs at the individual level when you come to, again, assessing, guiding every practitioner to make sure everyone is on the right track, doing their good job, and they can, they can develop uh, nicely. Amazing. Uh, that's, I think that's really useful for, for listeners to hear. But I, I suppose to try and get an understanding of how that might be more uh, practically applied on the, on the ground. Um, I mean, based on the research, how do you think sports organizations, whether that's kind of technical staff, coaches, practitioners, how can they implement the, the KPIs to evaluate staff based, based on the research? And but what benefits do you think they may also expect to see? Yeah, again, the, the benefits are clearly on putting things into an objective way into this world where we know is so subjective, where people can have opinion just because they have the power and so on. So bring objectivity. That's the first benefit. And then learn from that, being able to look backwards and say, okay, we've been good in this area. We're not as good in this one. So now we can make actions. So it's not only about protecting your back, you know, when there's a change in management, but also about doing the things better for your own uh, benefit, you know. So practically, once, let's say, you have agreed collectively on what are the most important KPIs in your own context. So I mentioned playability, I mentioned communication, these kind of things that are, I think, across the board, they will always be the biggest KPIs. Now it's how you put that in, into practice. So whether it's corporate world or in our world, a KPI by default is a, is a number, it's a metric. So you have to find out which is the, be the best way to measure this given KPI. So we talked about playability, it's an easy one, you know. You go for simple stats, simple statistics, you just count the number of players that are not available on game day. 
you might have one, two, three, four players not available for that match. That's a super simple way to track match availability. And then you just, you can, you don't need even statistics or, or, or data um, for fluency capacity. You just have to, you just count those, those numbers, you know. But now, if you want to be able to compare benchmarks, literature, you might dive into something a bit more complex, which will be the number of injuries per thousand of hours of exposures. Because we know that exposure affects also injury. So that becomes a bit, it's, it's, bit, it's a bit deeper analysis, but the same idea, you know? So you, you find your metric. Um, and from the metric, then you can start to monitor this metric on a regular basis, whether it is weekly, monthly, quarterly, then you decide as well. Probably the match availability, it's easy. It's on, a, on the, the, it's a frequency of the, of the matches, but maybe let's say the overall, uh, a thousand hour frequency or match burden, you can probably do that yearly or, or be a yearly, you know, because okay, again, it takes more time to get those numbers and hours away to reflect. That's probably that's probably enough. So these are really the, the, the three steps. Make sure you're you agree on the KPI, find the right metric, how you can track it, and then find the frequency at which you want to collect this metric. And then it's only a matter of yeah, tracking it and reflecting on it. And in terms of, um, of, 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 of of metric, I would say, again, that's back from the stuff that we learned from the survey, because I said, again, you need to understand not only the, the theory, because the theory is pretty straightforward, but it's also about how people have made that happen in their own context. And this is where you see that a lot of people are kind of balancing objective and also subjective uh, types of measure. So again, playability, that would be super objective. But now quality of uh, communication of um, of staffs, the objective way to say, okay, these are the processes we have in line, but also the subjectivity that might be just using uh, liquor scale on rating. Okay, those two guys, uh, they're very good at communication because they keep sending reports, they can be proactive in the way they, they share information. But those two other practitioners, yeah, we need to to push. You need we, we need to insist to get this information. So their communication skills might not be at the same level. And this is just again a liquor scale. So it's more a subjective assessment. But still, we using both objective and subjective measures of uh, of fatigue, even of uh, of strength or mobility. You know. So why could not we use also a mix of a blend of subjective and objective measure when it comes to monitoring these KPIs? You know. So it's a bit the same approach. So I don't think there is a as always one only single approach, you know, the one size fits all, uh, it has to be tailored to the organization and the person um, that's actually happy to to collect those, those, those information as well. That's brilliant. I think lots of key take-home points there for practitioners as to how to think about kind of assessing pr practitioners. But with with anything comes the, the challenges that we may face. And I suppose the next question, which would be interesting to get your thoughts on, would be what, what challenges do organizations typically face when they're trying to implement uh, KPIs? And do you have kind of any measures that you, you think would be suitable to try and overcome these? Yeah, there's there's very there's different levels in in the to explain those those challenges. The first one is that as we started to, to discuss to touch on, KPIs are not as easy to define in our world than in the corporate. So it's they are not that as straightforward. So we have to make some some thinking first. So that's the first, to make sure we we find the right one and we don't mix them with, ah, uh, oh, the, the players are running well this month. 
No, that's not a, a staff KPI, you know? So we have to define them first. And probably the biggest, the two biggest challenge are the vision and the implementation. The vision, as I said, it has to come from the management. It has to come, it, it should be a top bottom approach, you know? It has to be something that is, that is uh, wanted by the club, by the decision maker. So it becomes part of the process. You know, it becomes a club culture, club vision. And again, yes, the way it's introduced, it's not something, you know, just to, to, to control staff, to make sure. No, no, it's, it's a tool to improve. And again, as I said, when management changes, when there's a bit of a, of a typical football chaos, having clear KPIs, having clear benchmark of what we do as staff can only, can only help, you know, new sporting directors comes in, he doesn't have a clue of who's doing what. If those nice KPI staff evaluation and processes are already in place, it's easy for him to say, oh, "Okay, what about our our injury rate? Ah, oh, we were we are within within the range of the in Europe. Okay, fine. What about the way we are structured? Okay, fine, fine. If it doesn't exist, again, you are back to these people. You know, like how do you rate people if you don't have these objective measurements? It's about yeah, I like him or I don't like him, and you know how many times you've seen good staff being let go." Just because they didn't, they were not the, the most friendless people. They were doing a great job, but they didn't. They didn't have the people's skills to be liked, and then they got they got let go. And then we have the other opposite people um, staying in the in the business, not maybe because of their skill and, uh, and and work ethic, but just because they're nice people. See what I mean? Anyway, so you have that. This has to come from a strong vision from the club. So it has to become part of the club process. We have KPIs, and that's the way we do it for the reason we mentioned. And the third level about the implementation is that it's very difficult, again, because it requires some work. As I said, if you want to go through your injuries per thousand hours, there's a bit of work to do behind, you know, and putting together some different type databases, whether it comes from the exposure, the confidentiality of some data and so on. So that requires some work and also required a bit of a mindset from the practitioner side to be to kind of to be willing to be evaluated or part of the process. And a lot of people, they're happy that if things are a little bit blur, because again, that's another way to survive. It's another way to go through the process and say, okay, well, yeah, we're doing the, the good thing. Players are happy with my work. It's enough, you know. Why shall I become more accountable for my work? Especially if you, if, if you are consciously aware that you're not doing the things perfectly well, you know, you rather keep the things a little bit blurish so that. It's a bit maybe a good way to, to keep your job. So um, in the club that I work with, in the organization I work with and consulting with, this is always a big barrier to implementation of KPIs that a lot of practitioners that don't want those, those KPIs because they're going to make them more accountable than they are at the moment and they're not always willing to do so. So this is why when there's a clear vision coming more from the top management, often... A good way to, to go through that or to start is to use someone external. And as my good friend David Joyce told me, it's difficult to read the, the, the label from inside the bottle, you know. And, and in this case, having someone that is neutral just coming in and being able to sit, watch, and implement those KPIs, like I will be an external consultant, an advisory person, you know, that will that person will be detached from all the stories, all the 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 the, 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 the daily, um, the things that are not very clear, and he will just come in from the outside and say, "Okay, how are you assessing player availability? Do you have anything in place? 
yes or no. If you have something in place, is it good, bad? Can we improve that? How are you guys communicating? What about player development? Or whatever, yeah, what about player development uh, process? Do you have in place some individual work or no? How is it? And then this person, again, coming from the other side, can have a very objective assessment of what is done or not and offer those rating, those um, the, the, the scales about assessment, and then, then offer the whole process to implement uh, this KPI assessment and offer solutions. But again, it has to come from the top management so that it's not perceived as a, as a threat for, for the staff. You know, it, it should be a service that actually improves the overall process for, for everyone. It's, it's, and it's, a, it's a win. Of course, it's a win at, in, in any occasion for everyone. But people have to understand that. That's brilliant. I think there's there's so many key take homes, even just listening there in the sense of that, you know, it needs to come from the culture at the top and uh, there needs to be a, you know, scope of of development that allows for accountability and that it's seen as in, enhancing a service and, and not a threat. And I think that's a, a great message. Um, I suppose just finally to end, I mean, I think a lot of listeners will be interested. How, how can your expertise, do you feel, help the organizations? You've, you've touched on that. And what steps can listeners take to explore consulting services further with yourself or whether you know the these type of services that are out there yeah i think you you almost summarized everything yourself you know it's has to be seen as an additional service that can just improve the the way we function within a team so um as i said that's something that i've started now for for a while this research has helped me to refine uh the importance of the kpis so the the survey was really a way to to understand what really matters, what matters a little bit less, and just more as a way to rank the importance of those of those KPIs. So I feel more equipped myself now on the, off the back of this research to understand what matters more than, than else. And then it's through the experience that I've had with the different clubs that I'm, I've worked as a full-time and also the clubs I'm working with now as a consultancy, it's it's always a, a, a new learning because in a, in a different context, in a different environment, another club will actually have another suggestions for the way they evaluate a certain KPI or the things that matter more to them and so on. So how how club can can improve and get into the process? First, make sure they're open to that. Make sure they really don't see that as a threat, but they see that as an additional value to their program. And once they're kind of feel ready, um, yeah, there are there 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 are people available for that. And as I said, that can definitely be led from the inside. That's what I've been doing myself uh, in my different experience. But I knew I would have been biased at some stage feeling part of it. So again, asking for the service of external experts is probably the, the best way to go for, for, for that matter. That's brilliant, Martin. And if people wanted to reach out for yourself, just we'll, we'll attach a couple of the articles and the links for the bits we've mentioned, especially the the research. But where would it be best to kind of learn a bit more about your work if they wanted to reach out to yourself? Where would that be? Yeah. Um, no. Thanks for for, for that. Um, I mean, on on my website, uh, there is a bunch of uh, of stuff around that, and all all my research, all the all the all my activities are are summarized there. So it's um, yeah on. Martin uh, net sorry, uh, Martin uh, Easy to easy to find it on on, on the web. Um, everyone can 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 feel free to contact me on that, and I'll be more than happy to to connect um, off the back of of any any message uh, over there. 
Perfect. Thank you so much, Martin. And thank you very much for, for joining us today. And listeners, I could definitely advocate for Martin's website where it's got uh, blogs, um, research, and also his, his podcast, which is definitely uh, worth a listen. Um, listeners, we'll put up the links for any articles and web links mentioned on today's podcast. And if you enjoyed today, please subscribe to the FMP on our Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple podcast accounts, where you can reach all of our podcasts. Alternatively, our podcasts are also available for free via the podcast section of the FMP website. Thanks again, Martin. I'd like to thank you one last time. It's been very, very insightful. And thanks for sharing your expertise and, and your learnings with us today. Um, listeners, you've been listening to the Football Medicine and Performance Podcast. Have a great day.